Fired Up Show starts right now. And welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Fired Up right here on WJMS Media. This is Steve, your host, and we're going to discuss this week uh, the latest uh, allegations of in, inappropriate actions by a sitting senator um, in the United States Senate, as well as uh, dedicating uh, this show to discussing the other big topic this week, which was the impending uh, uh, government shutdown being driven by the conservative caucus in the Republican Party in the House. Uh, so without ado, let's get started. So if I gave you information about a sitting U.S. senator who was, uh, has allegations uh, and an indictment uh, of receiving bribes uh, for uh, political favors uh, involving legislation and court cases, the first thought that would perhaps logically come to your mind, given current events that we've been going through here in this country and we've talked about on this show, would be, okay, we've got another Republican senator who is taking a chapter out of the MAGA uh, Grift for Fun and Profit book. Uh, and uh, guess what? You would be wrong. Uh, this time, this is a Democratic senator, uh, one Senator Bob Menendez, a Democrat of New Jersey, who has been uh, indicted for receiving bribes from three uh, New Jersey businessmen uh, in return for political favors. Uh, what we've uh, learned so far is that Menendez, who also sits as the Democratic chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, uh, along with his wife, uh, were indicted uh, a week ago Friday uh, for using his position to aid in uh, the author authoritarian government of Egypt uh, and, and also to pressure federal prosecutors to drop a case against uh, a friend. The three-count indictment lists a series of bribes uh, that uh, Menendez and his wife were paid by three New Jersey businessmen in exchange for the corrupt acts. Uh, the bribe consisted of gold bars, uh, a luxury car, and cash. Uh, the uh, FBI uh, did an investigation and did a search of the home of Senator and Mrs. Melendez, and they found... Uh, a uh, stash of gold worth uh, roughly $100,000 and over $480,000 in cash, uh, much of which was uh, salted away in you know, closets and in uh, envelopes in the pockets of clothing that were uh, belonging to uh, the senator. Uh, so, you know, he... Uh, is, of course, uh, pleading his innocence to the charges. However, you know, it should be noted that uh, this is not uh, Senator Menendez's first uh, brush with uh, corruption charges. Uh, he uh, was uh, indicted on bribery charges uh, a couple of years ago. I believe it was in 2019. Uh, which actually led to him having to relinquish 
his post as the top Democrat on the foreign relations panel. Uh, once uh, the uh, trial occurred and the case ended with a deadlock jury, uh, he returned uh, as chairman of the uh, Foreign Relations Committee. Uh, and uh, again, just recently uh, was uh, again indicted uh, this time for the aforementioned uh, bribery scheme that occurred with the three businessmen from New Jersey. In addition to the bribery charges that have been uh, lodged against Senator Melendez, he also learned that uh, a representative, Andy Kim of New Jersey, uh, is announcing that he will run against Senator Menendez in the state's Democratic Party for Senate next year. Uh, saying, according to an article from the Associated Press, uh, he feels compelled to run against the three-term senator after he and his wife were indicted on these sweeping corruption charges. Uh, his surprise announcement came as a growing number of Democrats are calling for Menendez to, set, to step down. Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman became the first Democratic senator to do so, and several men members of New Jersey's congressional delegation along with the state's Democratic governor, have said he should resign. Uh, you know, so uh, according to Representative Kim in a statement, he said, we cannot jeopardize the Senate or compromise our country's integrity. I believe it's time we restore faith in our democracy, and that's why I am stepping up and running for the Senate. Uh, in addition to Representative Kim, um, the calls for Menendez, uh, as I said, who is the chairman of the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee uh, came after the indictments and uh, also uh, that, as I said, it's the second indictment on bribery charges that uh, have faced uh, Senator Menendez. So, you know, the, the difference here between the last time is the calls for his resignation uh, are, you know, number one, immediate and also a contrast from what he when he was first charged eight years ago, uh, and you know there is concern that he could be in deep trouble with his party and with his voters as his 2024 re-election approaches. Uh, so, some of the members of New Jersey's House delegation uh, who are calling for Menendez to step down, actually to resign, include Representatives Donald Norcross, Josh Gottheimer. Frank Pallone, Bill Pascrell, Mike Sheriff, and Bonnie Watson Coleman. Uh, so, you know, Pascrell said, this is a sad day for our great state. Uh, Pascrell, who is a senior member of the House, who has served in the New Jersey delegation with Menendez for almost three decades. So, you know, while the hallmark of our justice system is the presumption of innocence, according to Pascrell, and the senator deserves his day in court, but given the gravity of these charges, I do not believe that Senator Menendez can continue to carry out the important duties of his office for our state. Uh, in addition to those representatives, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy has also called for Menendez's immediate resignation, saying the allegations were so serious that they compromised the senator's ability to serve. Uh, now, it's notable that uh, two New Jersey Democrats who have not, as of yet, called on Menendez to step down, 
include Democratic Senator Cory Booker and uh, his uh, Menendez's son, Representative Rob Menendez, who said in a statement that he has uh, unquote unwavering confidence in his father. So you know, when the authorities searched Menendez's home last year, they found more than a hundred thousand dollars worth of gold bars, as well as over four hundred eighty thousand dollars in cash. Uh, as I said, much of it was hidden in closets, clothing, and in a safe, according to prosecutors. The indictment includes photos of cash stuffed in envelopes, in jackets bearing Menendez's name, and a luxury car that prosecutors say was given to the couple as a bribe from the businessmen. Um, again, according to prosecutors, Menendez directly interfered in criminal investigations, including by pushing to install a federal prosecutor in New Jersey he believed could be influenced in a criminal case against a businessman and associate of the senator. He also tried to use his position of power to try and meddle in separate criminal investigations by New Jersey Attorney General's office, according to the indictment. Other accusations include repeat, uh, repeated actions by Menendez to benefit Egypt, despite uh, U.S. government misgivings over the country's human rights record that in recent years have prompted Congress to attach restrictions on aid. His efforts included ghostwriting a letter to fellow senators encouraging them to lift a hold on $300 million in aid to Egypt, uh, which, you know, that country is one of our top recipients of U.S. government support, as well as transmitting non-public information to Egyptian officials through communications with the businessmen. So, you know, it, it seems that, you know, um, the, the grift and the corruption isn't a hallmark of just Republican politicians, but impacts you know both sides of the aisle. Something that you know we've talked about on this show a few times. That you know it, it's not just a Republican thing; it's an elected official thing. So we'll keep tabs on the progress of the Menendez uh, indictment and what comes after, and we'll let you know what happens right here on Fired Up. So stepping back across the aisle to the other side, the Republican side. Uh, we have uh, news coming out and you know, covered in the media circles uh, regarding the upcoming second Republican presidential candidate debate, uh, which uh, top of the list is, uh, much like the first debate, uh, frontrunner Donald Trump uh, is indicating that he will not uh, participate, actually is scheduling a uh, uh, media and uh, a speaking event uh, to concur in time with uh, the debate uh, on his own. Uh, and we also have uh, the big news story that seems to be growing in size every day is the looming uh, federal government shutdown uh, that is likely to occur uh, because the House, with all of its trial and tribulations going on, uh, has been unable to uh, bring to the floor the 12 appropriation bills that need to be passed uh, in order for uh, the funding for the federal government uh, to be locked into place for the coming fiscal year. Uh, what has transpired on that uh, front is 
the hardline conservative Republicans uh, are insisting on including a range of uh, addendums and amendments to the funding packages uh, to uh, do things like uh, set the funding level at uh, even lower levels than what was agreed to uh, in the the voting process to name Kevin McCarthy as uh, Speaker of the House back in January, as well as other uh, items that uh, they want uh, to see happen. Now, adding these type of amendments to the appropriations bill uh, is not a regular order type of thing. Usually these bills are presented to the House and to the Senate uh, fairly clean and they are, are voted on and approved on a bipartisan basis, uh, pretty much as routine uh, year over year. Uh, but as we've learned, uh, when it comes to this Congress, nothing is routine. And the uh, Freedom Caucus and the, the MAGA wing of the Republican Party are insisting that you know, their uh, amendments and addendums to these bills must be in place before they will agree to it. Otherwise, uh, they are not going to pass it. And what will happen is that in uh, just about a week's time, uh, so you know, looking at the calendar, uh, I'm recording this show on Sunday, uh, literally a week from today is the end of the fiscal year for the federal government. And without an appropriation of funds, to continue paying for all the things that uh, the government does, there's going to be a government shutdown that occurs uh, on as of the 1st of October. Now, government shutdowns are nothing new. Uh, we've had a handful of them in the last uh, you know, 10, 15 years. Usually they uh, last for a couple of days and then uh, the uh, Congress and the Senate will get together put together some continuing resolutions in order to give them a little more time to uh, hammer out details of the budget. But, you know, it, it's not clear as of this time if there even is enough votes in the House to pass a continuing resolution, or CR as it's called, uh, to keep the government operational until a formal budget uh, has been presented and approved. Now, you know, as I said, this has happened, you know, a few times. It happened during the Obama administration where, you know, the Tea Party and Newt Gingrich uh, held the government hostage for uh, demands that they had. It's happened, you know, in the Trump administration uh, over, again, demands made from the, the conservative side of the Republican Party and you can you can look back through the history of, you know, government shutdowns and see Republican fingerprints over all of them. Uh, it, there has not been a Democratic led government shutdown, at least as far back as I can remember. Uh, I don't believe that there has ever been a Democrat led uh, government shutdown that's been put in place. Uh, and keep in mind that. Every time that the Republicans have uh, pulled a shutdown of the government, uh, whether it was for uh, a few days, as it was, uh, I believe, when 
the Trump administration uh, suffered through one to as many as 16 days with the uh, Tea Party, Newt Gingrich-led shutdown that happened during the Obama administration. In, in every event, the aftermath has always included uh, a major smackdown of the Republican Party in terms of outcomes from the uh, next election that occurs. And it's likely that if this shutdown goes for any extended period of time, and at this point we don't have a definition of what extended period of time looks like, but if it runs, say, as long as the uh, Tea Party shutdown, that is, you know, roughly two weeks or 16 days, uh, Republicans are going to suffer at the polls. And apparently, uh, this does not seem to phase the uh, ultra-conservative uh, right wing of the Republican Party. In fact, members of the Freedom Caucus are actively calling for a shutdown. They're actu they actually want the government to shut down, to draw uh, you know, attention to their demands. What they seem to be forgetting is that a, a shutdown of the government, particularly a Republican-led shutdown of the government, uh, really, really uh, is voting against your own interest. Because many of the programs that will end up being affected by the shutdown, and we're going to look at some of those uh, in, in the second half, uh, actually have a larger impact on uh, the... Uh, Republican constituency, uh, i.e. Uh, white, working class, uh, poor, and, and rural uh, segments of the population. So, you know, while, while the, the MAGA crowd may look at this as a punishment for Democrats, and don't be mistaken, there will be impacts across the board. This is going to affect uh, all Americans, uh, regardless of political party. However, they really uh, either don't seem to understand or don't seem to care that their own constituents are going to suffer as well. And in fact, uh, in, in likely larger numbers than you know, the, the people who are usually the targets of right-wing Republican uh, tactics. So, you know, for for you Republicans out there, especially if you're, you know, rural uh, or working class or poor, you need to pay close attention to who is driving this, uh, what the the expected outcomes are going to be in regard to everyday services that many of you out there rely on. And as I said, we're going to talk about some of those in a few minutes um, and recognize that it's not Democrats who are, are driving this, this pain to the American people. This is being driven by Republicans. And, and to be more precise, this is being driven by a group of somewhere between 5 and 20 uh, Freedom Caucus Republicans who want to see the federal government uh, crash and burn uh, in terms of funding uh, even for just uh, a, a short while, and again, we don't have a definitive time frame, uh, it will go until it's, you know, eliminated or resolved. Uh, and it, it's going to impact you. 
uh, you know, it is going to impact Democrats. It is going to impact people of color. It is going to in, impact, uh, you know, poor and working class Democratic voters. But it's going to more majorly impact poor and working class white voters simply because they make up a larger constituency of the groups that are going to be affected. So, you know, keep in mind and, you know, we will definitely bring this up as a reminder as we get closer and closer to the November uh, elections next year that, you know, this pain is being brought to you by your friends in the Republican uh, House caucus. So, you know, it, it, it is a, a very big deal. It's going to have some substantial impacts uh, to the daily lives of many people in this country. So if ever there was a, a cause or a reason for an increased level of communication with your elected officials uh, from, you know, your state and, and uh, your, your federal officials in the House and in the Senate, uh, as well as uh, even, you know, in the, on the Democratic side, you need to make sure that you are communicating with your elected officials and let them know that, you know, creating this pain for the people in this country who need the assistance uh, the most is you know, not an acceptable course of action. And you know, we need to note down uh, those members of the House who are pushing for this as well as uh, the members of the Senate who are sitting on their hands and not exercising any influence over their House brethren uh, in order to resolve this issue uh, before the uh, end of the fiscal year. Now, as I said, the fiscal year will end uh, on uh, the 30th of uh, September. Basically, uh, as I said, this is uh, being recorded on Sunday. So basically a week from today, uh, the federal government will, quote, technically be out of money. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about what that means uh, and, and, and define what out of money means uh, in terms of the federal government. Uh, but bear in mind that there are going to be impacts. Uh, if you are on uh, Social Security, uh, there may likely be uh, delays or holes on your, uh, your October uh, Social Security payments. Uh, if it goes beyond October, it will continue each month that you normally would see your Social Security check. It may not be there. Uh, there are impacts that will be felt uh, on, you know, some lesser important things like national parks and monuments and, and you know, the panda cams and so forth. Uh, but more importantly, this is going to impact uh, major programs uh, funded by the U.S. government uh, because those funds uh, will be stopped uh, or substantially, you know, curtailed. And, you know, it, it's going to mean other things like, you know, massive federal worker layoffs or working without pay uh, for those people who are considered, quote, uh, emergency staff and must be on uh, on the payroll. Uh, you know, it's going to have a wide ranging impact. And when we come back after you know, the, the break, we're going to talk about that, too. Uh, 
Um, so, you know, what has transpired in the last week? Uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy uh, put a funding plan on the floor uh, and uh, had it uh, fairly well shredded by his Republican caucus. Uh, and as according to the article from Associated Press, which came out on the 21st, uh, it uh, says, uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy's latest funding plan lay in ruins and lawmakers uh, then left town uh, for the weekend. By the way, they left town for this weekend. Uh, and, you know, there's no end game in sight as hard right Republicans push dangerously closer to a disruptive federal shutdown. Now, on Friday, the White House uh, informed federal agencies to prepare for a shutdown. Uh, and this is according to an, off, uh, an official with the Office of Management and Budget uh, who as, as insisted on an anonymity to discuss the upcoming instructions. Uh, that's uh, seven days uh, from a federal disruption. Republican McCarthy has repeatedly tries to try to appease his hard right flank by agreeing to the steep spending cuts they are demanding to keep government open. Uh, but and and cheered on by you know presidential candidate and former President Donald Trump, the Republican front runner uh, for president, the conservatives have all but seized control in dramatic fashion. Uh, in a crushing defeat Thursday, a handful of Republican hardliners blocked a typically popular defense bill from advancing. The second time this week, it was set back, uh, which is an unheard of loss for a House speaker. Uh, keep in mind, as I said a, a, a moment ago, normally um, what happens is there are a total of 12 uh, funding proposals that are put forward as part of the overall budget process. Uh, they, they fund uh, 12 different sections of the government uh, and you know usually you know in, in most quote normal close quote years, um, they go through and pass on largely bipartisan basis. Uh, it's typical, to see uh, vote counts in the House of, you know, 300 in favor to, you know, uh, 70 or 80 uh, or 120 um, votes opposed. I mean, overwhelming bipartisan support uh, because both sides recognize that the government must be funded. It needs to be funded. Uh, and, you know, they, they realize the immense pain it will cause to the American people uh, never mind to key programs that uh, we need in order for our country to function. Uh, and, you know, this will all take place if no budget agreement is agreed to by the end of the fiscal year. Now, something else to keep in mind. Remember in January when um, Kevin McCarthy uh, finally, you know, got the gavel as Speaker of the House after the 15 votes uh, and after the secret deals that he made uh, with his caucus in order to to gain the speakership. One of the, the first things that McCarthy did was he worked with the Democrat side of the House in order to avoid uh, the credit 
uh, rating or the, the credit of the United States from going into default. And the hardline Republican uh, side of the caucus uh, has been taking him to task for that ever since. Well, this is the latest and greatest of those trips to the woodshed for the House Speaker that the hard right, hard right coalition uh, is imposing. Uh, they want uh, to basically renege on the deal that was made with Democrats in order to uh, elect McCarthy as Speaker. Uh, they want to have greater um, you know, budgetary uh, spending cuts and limits set than what was agreed to for that. So basically, uh, as I said, they want to renege on the deals that were made in order to avoid the debt crunch uh, and create a government shutdown in the process in order, in, in their opinion, to drive the point home. So, you know, this is something that, as I said, we have seen um, and in my memory, you know, maybe a half a dozen times. Uh, and in, in every case, once we come out on the other side of the shutdown, Republicans who have driven the process have paid a heavy political price. So it remains to be seen what will happen to the Republican majority in the House and also the Republican presence in the Senate. Uh, once we get past this shutdown, and I, I will say that the longer this shutdown goes, and I think the longest one we've had has been something like 16 days, uh, the worse it's going to be. Uh, so, you know, we'll keep you posted. We'll keep an eye on this. But, you know, in the meantime, uh, it would probably be a good thing for, you know, Republicans out there to, you know, be blowing up the phones and the email accounts and, the the Twitter pages or X pages or whatever they're called now uh, and make sure you're letting your elected officials uh, in the Republican caucus uh, know, you know, uh, of your displeasure uh, with the fact that they are allowing the government to shut down when they've known that this has been coming since, uh, you know, February of this year. So it's not like this just popped up yesterday. This has been something that has been known, has been talked about, uh, and the Republicans have done you know, less than nothing about avoiding this, about putting a plan in place or putting a plan out in public even that says how they will work uh, with the Democratic side of the House and the Senate to avoid a government shutdown by funding the government in time for the end of the fiscal year. So let's take our break here. When we come back on the other side, we're going to talk about, you know, some of the effects of a government shutdown uh, to not only to government operations, but to everyday rank and file American people uh, uh, going forward. So stay with us. You're listening to Fired Up right here on WJMS Media. We'll be right back after this break. I was going to get my voter ID card because they said you had to have it in order to be able to vote. When I got there, I approached the gentleman at the counter and told him what I wanted. I showed him my veteran's card. He said that was no good. 
He said, you had to have a state-issued ID card in order to be able to vote. Seniors, women, people of color, young adults, those with low incomes, people with disabilities. Every citizen needs to review your documentation now to make sure you can vote in November. Please check with your local county election board to make sure the name on your photo ID closely matches the name you used when you registered to vote. Please contact us at 866-OUR-VOTE or 866-687-8683. And welcome back. Welcome back to Fire It Up right here on WJMS Media. So we're talking and we're going to talk about uh, the looming uh, federal government shutdown, which with, as, as I said in the first segment, with about a week to go from uh, as Sunday as of the date of this recording, uh, it is likely that unless a continuing resolution can be uh, voted on and passed uh, and extend payments to the government for operations through some yet-to-be-determined date down the road, uh, most uh, analysts are saying that uh, a, a CR would run until sometime in December. Uh, the federal government in many of its aspects uh, will feel the impacts of the government shutdown. Uh, there was an article in Politico that came out on Friday uh, that talks about uh, the impacts uh, or, or you know, some of the impacts that would be felt by the government. Uh, and it says, you know, in part, the federal government is an essential player in medical research food access for low-income families, funding new construction, and other national priorities that soon-to-be-furloughed workers keep humming along. Sending these employees home, most without pay, also threatens to eat up precious time the Biden administration has put into making rules after the deregulatory spree of the Trump years. And since Congress, as I mentioned, hasn't passed any of the 12 annual appropriations measures this year, just about every federal agency will get hit if a stopgap spending bill can't be hoisted out of the morass that has engulfed the Capitol. Uh, the true implications of a shutdown will be determined by whether it lasts a few days or stretches into Halloween. After the five-week partial shutdown in 2018-2019, the Congressional Budget Office estimated that the U.S. economy lost about $3 billion, even after everything was turned back on. So, you know, the, the, the question becomes, what are some of the things that can happen when the government shuts down? Uh, I posed this question to, um, to ChatGPT, AI, and it came back with a list of uh, 10 key things that uh, can happen when the government shuts down. Uh, and the, its list included non-essential work stops. Federal agencies have to stop all non-essential work. That's, you know, secretaries and assistants and, and you know, uh, janitors and, and all of the, the people that are not critical to uh, keeping the government running. Uh, paychecks are not sent. Federal agencies will not send paychecks as long as the shutdown lasts. As I just mentioned, there are people who 
uh, are going to be furloughed uh, and uh, they will not receive pay uh, during the shutdown. Now, while you know some may receive uh, back pay, uh, that's not necessarily true for all of the hundreds of thousands of federal workers who will be laid off as a result of the shutdown. Uh, the economic impact, uh, the U.S. economy can lose money. And, you know, as it, it mentioned, as I just did, after the five-week partial shutdown in 2018-2019, the U.S. economy lost uh, about $3 billion. Uh, there'll be an impact on low-income families. Uh, the federal government plays a role in food access for low-income families, and this can be affected. Uh, delay in funding new construction. Funding for new construction can be delayed. And with many projects uh, just now starting to come online under the uh, infrastructure uh, bill uh, passed uh, bipartisan fashion by, by Congress last year, uh, many of those projects will be delayed uh, in, in starting up. Uh, impact on medical research. The federal government is an essential player in medical research, uh, which can be affected. Uh, this can mean uh, in continued uh, efforts on reducing the cost of pres prescription medications. This can be, you know, uh, research on uh, new uh, and important uh, medications and treatments for illnesses. There'll be impact on business. Businesses that depend on the federal government can suffer financial losses uh, if if your business is a contractor uh, with the federal government, uh, when a government shutdown occurs, your contract is going to be paused, which means you won't be receiving payments uh, that you may have already uh, be owed or additional advances on payments to come uh, for the duration of the shutdown. Uh, states may have to compensate. Uh, states may need to dip into their own accounts to make up for lost federal money. So, which means things like if there is a, uh, a state-federal partnership on an infrastructure project, uh, the federal money uh, will stop flowing. But if the project is continue, then the state is going to have to pick up that slack. And there are infrastructure projects that may be halted. Uh, some infrastructure projects may also sit idle. So, you know, in, if a government shutdown occurs, some of the uh, highway and roadway construction projects that you see, you know, every day as you drive to and from work, uh, those are likely to be uh, idled until a resolution uh, is put forward. Um, you know, in the, the Politico article, it cited a uh, couple of key uh, segments of the federal government that uh, would be hit by a shutdown. Uh, its first category is in the category of health. Uh, the Department of Health and Human Services uh, was among a handful of agencies Congress funded during the 2018-2019 partial shutdown. But according to a contingency plan updated on September 21st, the agency expects to furlough about 42% of its workforce, including support staff, grant processors, and others, if the government shutters. Uh, st staffers who remain on the job uh, will keep essential services running, 
Medicare and Medicaid are mandatory programs that aren't subject to annual appropriations. Therefore, payments to doctors, hospitals, and beneficiaries would continue. Uh, clinical trials will continue, and the Affordable Care Act exchanges will remain open, although there may be a limited number of staff uh, behind them. Uh, HHS agencies have previously appropriated emergency funds to keep programs combating COVID-19, like vaccine development, um, running. In the, the realm of food, uh, essential government services only allowed the FDA to respond to foodborne outbreaks during the 2018-19 shutdown, but prevented the agency from conducting proactive inspections. Uh, proactive inspections means uh, inspectors going out to uh, meatpacking plants and, and other entities to make sure that they are following you know, safe working and, and sanitary procedures. Uh, food inflation, which rose by eight-tenths of a percent in August, could balloon even further if a shutdown occurs, adding more pain to consumers who are already struggling to afford groceries. Uh, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program would remain in operation during a shutdown, but it's not clear what might happen if it drags out. During the last shutdown, the government nearly ran out of funds for SNAP, which would have yanked benefits from 40 million people. Uh, according to the USDA, nearly 7 million pregnant and postpartum recipients of supplemental food aid and their children could lose access to the Woman, Infant, and Children, or WIC program. USDA Food and Nutritional Services likely does not have sufficient funding to support normal WIC operations beyond a few days into a shutdown, an agency spokesperson said. Uh, impacts in schools. While K-12 schools themselves are largely funded locally, programs like Head Start, which offers academic and other support for three and four-year-olds, and free and reduced lunch programs at schools across the nation would pause quickly. So uh, under energy, um, you know, businesses um, are, you know, mobilizing now to incorporate uh, Infrastructure uh, Reduction Act programs into their work. Uh, a delays in implementation mean delays in investment and importantly, delays in hiring thousands of workers. According to an Interior Department spokesperson uh, uh, who defined, who I'm sorry, who declined to offer clues on Thursday about what, if anything, the agency has planned in case of a shutdown. So they, they have not announced uh, what their plan is as of yet. Uh, under infrastructure, the FAA, or Federal Aviation Administration, is by far the Transportation Department's largest division and on a normal day houses more than 80% of the agency's employees. More than one-third of them would be furloughed during a shutdown. Um, but the training of new air traffic control specialists would uh, cease. So would aviation rulemaking, facility security inspections, the development and testing of new technologies and safety standards, law enforcement assistance support, and most functions related to finance, budgeting, and administration. Three-quarters of DOT's inspectors general's office would be furloughed. 
So, you know, there is a, a very widespread impact that this shutdown is going to have in terms of services that the government provides uh, for, you know, our everyday needs, including food, education, support, and, you know, and safety. Uh, under tax finance and housing, according to the Treasury Department, uh, they have yet to release an updated contingency plan for the IRS, but the agency may escape a government shutdown this time because of new funds it received from the Inflation Reduction Act last year. The IRS contingency plan published last year states that the agency would be kept fully operational with those new funds and all employees would be kept on payroll during a shutdown. Yet there's uncertainty for their union. So, you know, it, it is uh, un unclear uh, exactly uh, what the full scope of impact uh, a, a shutdown will have. Um, you know, and, you know, it, it is a lot of uh, things that are still, you know, up in the air or plans that have not been finalized or plans that have not been yet written. Um, you know, the Federal Housing Authority says, for instance, that um, it, it will still be able to endorse more most single family loans. We do not expect the impact on the housing market to be significant as long as the shutdown is brief. With each day the shutdown continues, we can expect an increase in the impact on potential homeowners, home sellers, and the entire housing market. A protracted shutdown could see a decline in home sales. So, you know, what we're, what we're seeing is, as I said in the first segment, that, you know, the impacts of this are you know, going to be felt uh, to some degree across a broad section of the country, uh, but many of the impacts will be uh, focused uh, among those least prepared and least able to survive a reduction in necessary federal assistance. So if you know, your family uh, relies on SNAP benefits, uh, there may be some risk there. If, you know, you are in the midst of buying a home, uh, there might be some uncertainty about the stability of the, the mortgage process that you're going through. If, you know, you are a, a construction worker and, and you are working or your company is working on government contracts, it's likely that a shutdown is going to put a halt to that work until it is resolved which means you are going to be um, on, on uh, sidelines or layoffs uh, until the, the settlement is, is resolved. Now, you know, for, for those in a union, there are you know, union uh, funds that you may be able to be drawn down, but they are in no way equal to what you, you earn as an active construction worker on a project. So you know, the, the impact of this is going to be felt in, in, as I said, a very widespread and broad segment of the American population. Now, the fact that this is being done uh, as a, uh, a vindictive measure by a small fraction of the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives uh, and, you know, is targeting 
you know, their speaker of the house uh, primarily uh, and is not taking into account the impacts that are going to be felt by their own constituencies uh, really should raise the ire of, you know, the rank and file American citizen in this country. You know, as I've said, we have we have experienced, you know, something like, you know, call it a half dozen of the shutdowns of varying durations, including the 2018-2019 one, which ran for five weeks and, you know, cost the U.S. economy three billion dollars that was never recouped, by the way. And, you know, you you see why, um, you know, my call is that there should be uh, very much widespread uh, anger and um, uh, conversation directed at our elected officials uh, who have allowed this to happen. You know, it, it, it should not go unmentioned and unnoticed that this is not something that just popped up last week. Uh, this was a subject of discussion uh, at the beginning of this year this was uh, discussed as a, a, a matter among the first orders of business of the new House of Representatives once they got past the election of their speaker. Uh, and this has been put on a, a side burner, if not a back burner, uh, in light of all the attention that the Republican caucus has been given to you know, efforts at impeaching the current president for vindictive reasons, uh, efforts at you know investigating Hunter Biden, uh, you know for you know his criminal um, uh, charges, uh, you know, and and with the latter of that, um, does that need to focus so much attention out of the House of Representatives, or I should say the Republican side? of the House of Representatives? In my opinion, no. Okay, Hunter Biden broke, may have bro- broken the law. If he broke the law, run the trial, convict him, send him to jail. Boom, done, full stop. You know, the, the need to, to keep resurrecting this case and resurrecting the, uh, the various uh, investigations and cases that swirled around Hillary Clinton uh, back in 20, 2015 and 2016 really illustrates the Republicans' penchant for throwing up distractions instead of dealing with the real issues and challenges that face the American people, that face their constituents every day. You know, truth be told, I don't give a rat's ass about Hunter Biden. Uh, and Hillary Clinton's email server is ancient history as far as I'm concerned. What concerns me is the fact that you know, we have people in this country who, for, because of a lack of action on the part of our elected officials, have diverted their attention away to these critical uh, matters that face the broad swath of American voters. Um, I've written my representatives uh, and, you know, have, have told them that they need to be taking, you know, whatever means needs to happen in order to get the Republicans to get off of all of these shiny object distractions and get back to doing the people's business. 
Um, this is this is unacceptable. And, you know, I I I fault Republicans for allowing this uh, to occur in the first place. But I also fault Democrats for not being more vocal, more outspoken, more in your face with their Republican colleagues about getting this resolved. Uh, you know, I, I've heard Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader in the House of Representatives, speak to this on, on several occasions. Uh, I've also heard a few, a handful of other Democratic representatives in the House speak to this issue on a few occasions. There are 213 Democratic representatives in the, the U.S. House of Representatives. What should be happening is there should be a chorus of 213 voices that you know wake up every morning and start off with a call for the Republican side of the House to drop all of this distraction BS and get down to the, the work that they need to do for the people of this country. Uh, and until that happens, we're con going to continue to hear this bait-and-switch dance. We are going to continue to see our attention distracted with all of the latest innuendo of the Republican presidential campaigns. We are going to continue to see the distractions of, you know, what's going on with the trials of Donald Trump. And frankly, I think that our elected officials, both in the House and in the Senate, need to take the, the opinion that I heard on one of the talk shows the other day. If it was posed that if the uh, minority caucus on the Republican side want to do this, fine, let them. Fine, you want to tilt at that windmill, you want to die on that hill, go for it. Meanwhile, we've got business to conduct. So our expectation of you, Mr. and Ms. elected official, is that you do your J-O-B and do the people's business uh, regardless of what other of these trivial innuendo type things are going on. Uh, I frankly, for one, am sick to death of hearing about Hunter Biden. I'm tired of hearing that every time uh, someone on the left brings up Donald Trump, someone on the right comes back with Hillary Clinton. I'm sick to death of hearing that, you know, the, the Republicans with no evidence presented um, are, are, are working and expending energy, time, and money on an impeachment of the current sitting president, Joe Biden, primarily and mostly as a revenge action against the two impeachments that were launched against Donald Trump. Uh, this has got to stop. We need to hold our political leaders fully accountable for their actions. They need to understand one thing perfectly clear. If they don't get off the dime and do what we need them to do to fund the government, to pass the budget, to get uh, the work that needs to be done on the important issues that face our country uh, completed that we're making a list, we're taking names, and we're voting people out. And even if they are not part of 
the uh, extreme right caucus of the Republican Party, if they are sitting silent, if they are sitting on their hands while their colleagues are running roughshod over the American people, are ignoring the tenets of the U.S. Constitution and, you know, doing these these egomaniacal things, then they've got to go. And by the way, I want to add, if they are sitting on their hands uh, in the House and particularly in the Senate, because the Senate can do something about this, if they are sitting on their hands with all of the corruption talk and all of the scandal that is impacting the Supreme Court, they also need to go. The Supreme, the, the Senate has uh, authority on you know, creating the, the content of the Supreme Court. If the Senate put its mind to it and got into action, they could increase the number of Senate, uh, con- uh, Supreme Court justices, excuse me, from nine to 13 and, you know, dilute the the influence of the conservative right judges. Now, having said that, I know that there are people out there who are going, whoa, whoa, that's, you know, that's not not good. That's not right. What the Supreme Court has done lately. Have you looked at the allegations that have surfaced uh, additional allegations against Justice Clarence Thomas, against Justice Alito. Uh, these guys are, are supposed to be impartial, apolitical, yet they are acting like uh, you know, everyday normal Congress people in you know, accepting bribes and accepting favors and not recusing themselves uh, for cases uh, that come before them in the court that they have a personal interest in. You know, it, it's it's just disgusting. I'm tired of it. You know, we need to stand up in one clear voice as American people, as voters, and tell our elected officials, stop or you will be gone. And we need to make that happen. So, you know, homework assignment for my listeners out there. Get a little notebook and start writing down all of these little reasons why uh, your elected officials need to be voted out of office. Hold on to that notebook. Add to it as we go through the year. And when you go to vote in November, bring that notebook with you. And when you're deciding on who you are going to send to the House, who you're going to send to the Senate, who you're going to send to your state legislature, open up that book and refer back to all of these uh, indiscretions and let that guide your judgment. Identify you know, political candidates who meet your criteria. It's what we say here on this show all the time. Be educated. Be informed. Be smart. Do your research. Do your homework. Dig wider. Dig deeper. Find out what candidates think as you think and support those candidates. Vote the people that are in there out of office, and it doesn't matter how popular they are. It doesn't matter if they're not getting the job done for us, then they're not worthy to hold that seat, period, full stop. That's gotta be our driving uh, uh, call to action 
going forward between now and November next year and beyond. Because this is not something that we are going to solve simply in the 2024 election. It's going to take us several cycles to undo what uh, has been done to our elected officials, particularly uh, by Republicans uh, in the House, in the Senate, in the state legislatures. All right. Do I need to say gerrymandered districts? Uh, We need to take back control of our government. Remember, you know, of the people, by the people and for the people. That's what this needs to be about. Needs to be about the people. So homework assignment issued, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get out there. Let's get it done. Let's get communicating. If you need to find out who your elected officials are, go to Ballotpedia.org or go to Vote.org. There are links you can click on that will tell you who your federal and state elected officials are based on where you live. Make sure that you are registered to vote. Check on your registration periodically. Make sure that it stays in force, that it is not one that gets swept away in these ballot purges that are being done on on a more regular basis, uh, particularly by Republicans, uh, as they seek to limit the impact and limit the count on non-Republican voters to improve their chances. Look for candidates who are opposed to these heavily gerrymandered districts. Make sure that your voice has equal weight to every other voice in your state. uh, And that's done through diligence. So, all right. Rant concluded. Thank you all for listening, as always, each week. Um, I'm happy to bring this information to you. I really would like to hear your thoughts and comments. Please send email to the show at firedupradio at yahoo.com. That email address never changes. It's been there throughout the entire duration of my time here on WJMS, and it will continue to be so. So reach out. Tell me what you're thinking. I'd love to hear from you. That being said, everybody, please have a safe and productive week, and I look forward to bringing you more information in seven days. 